All right. Hello and welcome to the Coach's Corner brought to you by the Endurance Lab, where you can join us, recap the week, and answer your questions from the forum. My name is Jason Flores, one of your Endurance Lab coaches, and today I'm joined by Mitch Dangerman and our nutritional therapist, Andrea Cullen. Good morning, you two. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent. We are going to go start off straight over to... Um, in the cupboard, in the cupboard, in the cupboard with Andrea. Um, always interesting things around the kitchen for Andrea. And I know you had, you were showing us something before the show. Um, let's see if we could share that and kind of chat about um, what you were making in your project this week. Oh, what I'm making in yeah, my project. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, witchcraft. Yeah, so I'm on a day off. <laughs> and I, I, um, I went collecting a herb called Meadowsweet oh, yes. um, yeah. when I took my doggy for a walk. So I was making Meadowsweet Cordial, which is like Mother Nature's um, original aspirin. And it's also amazing yeah. for an acidy tummy and healing stomach ulcers and helping fevers and all sorts. So that's brewed and in the kitchen now. Um, so, yeah, which nice. is was fun. It's nice to have a day off and just connect back into nature because I'm always running past these meadowsweet flowers. It's like they're teasing me because I know I got to get out there and, and do something with them. So things that I have in the cupboard, I'm going to go in an order that will bring us into our first topic. So I'm going to reverse back and first talk about something that must come up for a lot of people, which is now my oh, yeah. shoes don't <laughs> stink, but the other person in the house they might get a bit stinky now and again from racing and training. And if you go onto the world of the internet and blogs and forums, it's obviously a topic that's coming up a lot for people, which is how to stop your training shoes getting really, really mm -hmm. stinky. So um, I did the quickest one first last week yeah. as a trial. Someone said, stick them in the freezer. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> In the freezer, so, it's okay. Freezer would be the yeah, first. Yeah, I think they were they were kind of along the lines of it will kill bacteria, but I think anyone with a, a science background knows that it takes a bit more than than that. Yeah. Um, so that didn't really make any difference. So my next strategy is I'm gonna because I have an office full of aromatherapy products. I'm gonna make my own aromatherapy, nice. and I know from a science base, aromatherapy is incredibly powerful for killing bacteria, viruses, funguses, yeast, you name it. So I just hauled up a generic recipe, which was lavender, lemon, peppermint, tea tree, um, but eucalyptus also comes up, and you use that and baking soda. Yeah. So. So real quick, is it because he's a triathlete that his shoes smell yeah. <laughs> and he refuses to get off the bike to, um... <laughs> to pee? I'm sure that that happens for a lot of people, but I think the major problem we have in Ireland is it's incredibly humid mm -hmm. lately, so things don't get to dry fast enough. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be coming up in the advice tips is about getting your shoes to dry as quickly as possible so that they don't have a chance to kind of um, allow things to grow in, in the dampness. Um, you know, if, um, if uh, Dustin Wagner was here, um, or I guess if he could ride a bike too, right? <laughs> if he was here, um, he would talk about a shoe dryer that he has. Um, because yeah, we have one of those. You guys want to, yeah, they're like these. Yeah, yeah, is it good? Um, Mitch, is it, you have one there or you have one for like your boots and stuff for like when you guys go out in the snow too, right? That's what it's used for primary yeah, use, right? It's, um, you can put your arts. I think you can put gloves, you can put shoes, you put all kinds of stuff on it. It's basically got little cylinders yeah. and you prop the things on it and then the air goes out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, we do have, we, we do have winter here and <laughs> yeah. the boots get wet. Yeah. Um, 
and gloves. But uh, yeah, especially like the shoes, you know, because we have a cross country runner in the house and she's yeah. running through muck and the shoes have to get clean. So yeah, yeah that, you can probably find it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good resource. Oh, there you go. And do you use bucks. it for your bike shoes? Yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah, because that came up as like there was a list of tips that I was that I kind of thought I'd write together, and I haven't tried all of these because I'm gonna go with the baking baking soda yeah. and the aromatherapy, and I'm hoping that will work. So, so obviously they were saying ensure that they dry fast enough. So then people were bringing up about the 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 shoe dryers. Um, there was something else that came up called a boot banana. Boot banana. Ooh, I gotta look Which this up. Literally, it looks really cool because it looks like a banana, and when it starts to get used too much, it starts to turn brown. So you know when to get another boot banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh. hey, Amazon has those too. Original shoe deodorizers. There you go. Huh. That looks pretty neat. Interesting. Um, I, I'd go with the boot dryer or the shoe dryer. Yeah, yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes here. That's a good one. But yeah, the boot banana does look, <laughs> look pretty interesting. <laughs> And uh, what else is coming up? Well, I think as the pharmacist in me would say, use an antifungal athlete foot powder in your shoe because yeah. most of the odors are going to come from the, the, the funguses and yeast on your on your foot in the damp when the shoe doesn't dry. Um, but you would want to be careful that you're not going to go and cake your shoes. So yeah. I would dry them first and then maybe put a slight sprinkling um, before you use them. Um, a lot of people speak out against using a hot wash. I don't know. Do you guys ever like my my triathlon shoes? Or they're all materials. So for me to yeah. put them in the washing machine in a pillowcase doesn't matter. No, um, no. Yeah. I've sprayed mine off with like a hose. Yeah. Because they're all muddy, but um, not 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 through the wash. I feel like that'd be kind of. I, I, it sounds like it'd be really loud. Yeah. Boom. If you, you you tie it into a pillowcase. Yeah. Each shoe. So then, and then you put them in the wash with everything else and they just kind of fumble around. Um, mm. But I wouldn't do that with really good leather shoes. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. You, you know, um, sp speaking of uh, um, kind of the natural stuff, do, do you feel like, uh, I guess, smells, I guess it'd be just how people smell. Does it come from like what we're putting in to the body? You know what I mean? Uh, different bacteria and things that are coming out in our sweat. Uh, you know, does that anything to speak to on that front as far as that? Well, I definitely feel that people that would sweat where you would notice the odor, uh -huh. I think that will be linked in part to their diet and health and how much they're de detoxifying oh, through the like skin. Because okay. the skin should be the final route of detoxification. So if your systems are a little bit overloaded, and you'll notice it if someone hasn't eaten very well, and then they do a hard training session, I feel that body odor can be changed by that. But I would probably notice things. Um, but through the feet, I yeah. think it's more just the dampness and what's in the airborne with little yeast spores and fungal spores, or mm -hmm. if there's any, any little bit of yeast on, on, I mean, we're covered in these things anyway. So I think it's more the opportunity for them in the shoe rather than what's coming out through our sweat. That's what I feel intuitively. I'm, that makes sense. But maybe, but obviously the healthier we are, we're less, unless we're going to smell that's why your uh, shoes don't smell, Mitch. <laughs> or we don't ride long enough. I don't know. Between I, that's that's my problem. Yeah, yeah I'm not... me too. Only a couple hours a week. And it's going to be worse indoors um, yeah. because we're definitely sweating more down into our shoes. Um, does does, uh, does Garon wear? Does he wear socks? Indoors? Oh, hey. I don't think. I mean, I would switch between socks and no socks. Um, 
We can't keep saying Garen's the only problem here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so, so, so I he's the case study. I, I religiously wear socks. I do too. Um, yeah, I do too. And and I notice my socks are pretty sweat logged sometimes yeah. when I get done riding. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm wondering if that's you know not then also you know my my shoe is um it's leather and a synthetic uh, material yeah. so I'm wondering if uh, if it doesn't absorb much of it and most of it stays in the sock because my shoes always seem you know kind of dry and they've got they've got nothing yeah and is it is how humid is it there is it low percentage or high well, I'm in my basement um it's like sixty percent sixty five percent yeah fleece from yeah. the humidifier yeah yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, these are really good, really good solutions. So, you know, between, you know, drying the shoes off for sure, um, yeah. an aromatherapy type uh, essential oil solution, I think would be good. And, and always ordering a banana boot in the Amazon cart always is just fun. <laughs> I think so. I was, I was quite curious about that. It looked better than there was another option that came up. And one of two of them that looked a bit strange, I'm not sure I'm prepared to try them. One of them was using cat litter. Oh, gee. oh, yeah. You know what? That that actually makes sense, though. I mean, yeah. if you think about what it, because it's to gonna do. it's gonna absorb all the moisture, then it's got a deodorizer, yeah. do, right? Yeah. And it probably also has antibacterial stuff yeah. in it as well because of what you're trying to deal with. Yeah. I guess, and if yeah. it's a and if it's a triathlete, <laughs> it's designed you just, for urine. You just pee right into it. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you don't have cats because they're gonna find your shoes and pee in them too. Yeah. That's true. It's probably more likely that you have the cat litter than the next one, which was using denture tablet soaking. Uh, denture tablet. Huh. <laughs> which what would be the same again. It would have the anti yeah. anti-growth. You crumble it up and put it in there? Or Don't what? you need the water? You need the water. You probably the soak yeah. it completely. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, you had something else cooking over there. So for people, this was just one, a lot of the time, um, cold sores, ah. we get them when we're exposed to the elements. Um, and if anyone's vulnerable to cold sores, I think even being out in direct sun or a lot of the time, you know, you're going to be wiping your mouth, wiping your nose. And even that trauma to the skin can lead to people that are prone to cold sores getting more. So this is a natural item with lysine in there and a lot of antibacterial and antiviral sorry antiviral herbs and ingredients nice. and it's called quantum health lip clear lysine plus so that's a really good product rather than using a medical antiviral which yeah. a lot of the times doesn't work for people mm. so that's just a tip for folks and then just the other items i've here lead into are kind of one of our main topics which we're talking about which is Moving slightly away from the gels and the sports drinks on the bike and using more natural products. So mm -hmm. Training Peaks brought out a really good article and we'll delve into that now in a second. Um, but an item I've been using on the bike lately um, is, well, I make my own because I'm, I'm celiac. So I make my own gluten-free pita breads because they're healthier than the shop's bought ones. But these would be just your regular whole meal pita. And you could get a white one if you prefer to have slightly less fiber in there. And then just adding something like really good honey, a really good nut butter. This is an almond, but you could use a peanut and if you want a banana. 
So that is giving you fast release, fast release carbs, slow release carbs, a little bit of fat to give you a more sustained energy release, which is perfect for training. But I find on sportives, because I'm not going out to race the whole thing like a TT, yeah. <laughs> I found that it's, it's really, really good. But the one tip I would give is I found that when you fill the, the pitta, even if you cut it, it, it sort of tends to slide apart a little bit. Yeah. So then you end up sticking your hand into a feed bag and not knowing, am I getting a bit of a banana or a bit of peanut butter here? So I found to just put maybe the honey and the nut butter in the pizza bread, squish it together and keep the banana separate and maybe sort of feed that way, I found nice. worked a little, little bit better. And another one that's it's probably a bit more on the sugary side, but I have found if people have a sweet tooth, you know, it's your opportunity to treat yourself on the bike. So that's nougat. Uh, which is oh, never had it. And it has a little has a little bit of fruit on it and you can get those on amazon and in the stores it's full of sugar so i don't recommend eating it the rest of the time but regards training it's um it's good I, I, nice. I, i'm i'm still intrigued that in uh in ireland it's pita bread instead yeah. of pita bread yeah it's two t's i guess here it's pita with only one yeah. t yeah, it's really interesting. I can't claim that we own pita bread yeah. at all, can I? <laughs> no. So I'm sorry, that, no. but that's just the way we call them here. No, <laughs> I, I... it's just interesting. Um, you know, I think I just I've never had. Have you ever had? I guess people do sandwiches, right, Mitch? Like they'll do. Yeah, no, I. We... Yeah, so. So I've actually you can you can make it pretty easy too. I, I've never tried making like whole wheat, but I've made. Um... Sourdough. No, just like regular, you know, pita bread. You, oh, you, you pita basically bread. make it, and then you just kind of—I think you just—it just cooks and it kind of expands. Because yeah. we've made, um, we've made um, like homemade uh, chicken gyro kind of nice. uh, grilled uh, sandwiches before. So it's pretty very easy good. to make. Oh, it's it's a really easy bread. Mm. Um, but and it is convenient. It's much easier just, than I thought. Yeah. Yep. Huh. That's really interesting. All right. So on um, on the tip of uh, making homemade uh, energy solutions for us on the bike. Um, the article that um, Andrea is referring to is from Training Peaks, and the title is Four New Natural Energy Gel Alternatives. Um, on It has a nice picture of a dates right there on the front, which a lot of us have used on the bike, and great solutions, just looking for more whole food solutions. Um, and there was one that caught, I know, Andrea, that caught your mind, uh, uh, caught your eye, excuse me. Did you want to kind of chat about that, and then maybe I'll talk about the maple syrup solution that I've had with the athletes that I have out here. Yeah, I, I kind of tagged that article for myself and yeah. the spring, um, spring, my spring energy um, dot. Well, I'm on EU and I'm assuming there's a dot com um, website. They look very interesting. Now, the way my mind thinks is I think, wow, great product, really cool. Uh, I'm going to go make my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of my line of thinking because I'm sure they're not that cheap to buy. But for convenience, the ingredients in there, that totally makes sense. And I know sports nutrition for such a long time is telling us we need to use the straight sugars and gels. But yeah. in reality, and if you use these sort of homemade items, you will find that, you know, surprisingly, they work really well in your system. Um, and our stomachs, in fairness, if you look at what you eat at Christmas Day or on Thanksgiving, our stomachs really can handle more than we credit them with. Oh, mm -hmm. um, unless we're really on the wire with above threshold and max intensity, I feel a certain amount of digestive function is always going to be going on. So I think it's good to explore the more natural options because then you're getting nutrition as well as fuel. Yeah. Rather than just fuel yeah. without nutrition. I, I pulled up an ingredients list and, and it sounds uh, actually pretty tasty. 
Um, so this is mm. uh, called their long haul. It's for um, any distance fuel, they, they claim. Um, it reads, like Ryland could probably read the ingredient list. My six-year-old. Rice, banana, peanut butter, yeah. honey, molasses, orange juice, oil, lecithin, chia seeds, vitamin C, citric acid, and sea salt. Pretty simple. This has got to be a pretty big packet. This is like a kid's squeeze bottle, I bet. But it looks pretty small in the picture. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, there looks like they're 100 calorie, um, yeah, most of them around 100 calories, which is kind of, you know, what most of the gels are. I mean, I've, I've used, used a lot of gels. They have some that are a little bit more calories, like they have something called a, a spring speed nut, and it's like 235 calories. I feel like you'd have to eat more, though, because, um, like, you know, you'd want to get, because it's slower digesting. I guess it just matters what time, because I would eat solid stuff early on, and then kind of as I would go further. That makes sense, yeah. It's, well, I think, what's I think interesting though too is the brand is, is really, seems like they're targeting the ultra runners. So mm -hmm. you, you've got folks who are really in a, like longer endurance events, yep. right? Yep. You know, marathons Absolutely. and beyond. Um, uh, no, this is a great The carbs are on the lower end of the scale though. We're looking right? at a 15 gram rather than most 30, gels are just 20, shy of 30. 20, yeah. And I would, if it was, you know, if you were doing an event with intensity, do we need the chia seeds and the nut butter in there or or are they just slowing down digestive function? So yeah. they yeah. definitely are a training item. And then I would really test them in training to see if they're going to suit you. But at but regarding how much you can take on. So, for example, marathon running, you really want to optimize every mouthful because no one running a marathon is going to be wanting to eat very much to get in yeah. as much as they need. And you compare that to our Mortons, which are looking at getting in close to 100 grams of carbs yeah. per hour. So it, it is a trial and error thing, but for, for training, for definite, and even to look at their ingredients for inspiration about what you might want to try yourself. But what's well. also interesting is is so if you think of like a brand like Goo, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. right, and and it's just basically flavors and it's all the same. I mean they've got the uh, Goo Rocktane, which is like their their high performance, yeah. and they've got the like, the normal Goo. But these guys they've got it broken down into uh, kind of different purposes. They've got Long Haul, which is a uh, different mixture, and Power Rush, and Hill Aid, and Electroride, and Speed Nut. So it's interesting they've got formulations which i think they're trying to target to different parts of the race or or different uses instead of just being a pure everything yeah 100 you know it's 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 different than just 100 calories of carbs and sugars that you're gonna get in goo it's 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 designed yeah. a little bit differently here yeah yeah yeah. that's really interesting yeah i haven't seen this come up i, I clicked on it and it looked really uh, interesting but mm -hmm. then um i, I feel I like mean, it'd be a pretty pretty dense uh whole few food source you're saying mitch go ahead I will. Before we got on, I was I was you know making the comment that at some point don't you just make this yourself and yeah. and yeah, but I can also I mean Jason knows me and Andrea as well. I mean this is a lot simpler to mm -hmm. for the convenience yeah get a big box of these and depending on what you're doing that day and and just go race or whatever you can just grab it and go and it makes life simple. I mean yeah, it's all about convenience these days. I think we all uh, yeah all know how uh, hard things are. Yeah. Thinking about you, Mitch, and that your daughter swims, these would be an amazing product for young yeah. athletes. Yeah, yeah. you're and right. Move them it's away good foods. from the monsters and different things. You know, they're, they're awesome. Because they're not going to sit down and eat. Like you'd be like, here, just swig this down, and just boom, you're good to go. You've got and it's whole food sources, and they're. I mean, we've seen all the pictures of all the parents, um, just in our group, like what they're what they're serving at the at these meets. You know, it's just all kinds of just fast food, junk food. You know, just to put all those calories in. 
Well, yeah, because the kids all get uh, they get goodie bags, so they sit oh, there and they just gotcha. gorge on uh, gotcha. on uh, sugar for uh, two hours. Oh and, my gosh! Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's okay. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the other one down the way, which uh, we have some experience down here in uh, at least Southern California, is um, Untapped. Um, a lot of riders really enjoy that. Um, kind of on the on the same bridge of um, the other uh, the Stinger waffles that have been around mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, but what really made them popular um, was just pretty much uh, packeted. Uh, maple syrup, uh, obviously from a good source, uh, a whole source, no high fructose corn syrup in a gel type situation. So this is kind of on the other spectrum where it's very uh, fast digesting, right? So we're on like the glucose, sucrose side, where with the maple syrup, that's what you're trying to get in there. It's really interesting. A lot of uh, riders who don't like, don't do well with gels do okay with this, but for the same reason, people don't do well with hydration with a uh, with maltodextrin in it, for example, and dextrose and all that sort of thing, all built, or fructose, excuse me, uh, and they do really well with more simple sugar. So this is a pretty good source. A lot of people just put it in a gel flask, which mm-hmm. Mitch made a, a comment earlier. Um, the only thing about it, it does get warm either way, and warm maple syrup, I don't know, on a day like that, I don't know, but I don't really ever eat maple syrup cold otherwise, so I don't know why I wouldn't like it on the bike. I guess I haven't had it that way. Have either of you tried it? No, it sounds very sweet after a while. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. does anyone report that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the same people who eat like donuts after their coffee ride. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, the sweetness wouldn't bother. I mean, but I guess well into a ride, I think it would. I mean, I think back to the half yeah. Ironman I did, and in, in near the end when it was hot and everything was. Mm-hmm. But I think I think anything's gonna taste bad but, at that point. But gels go. Gels are like that too. Can, you know, hours yeah. in, and you've got them in your pocket or something, and then you, you're put, trying to put down a hot gel. It's yeah. not. It's not tasty either. I would think that the maple syrup might be a little thinner consistency huh. at that point. It may be easier because I remember the gels. You know, they could just get nasty and yeah. sticky. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some cool flavors. Uh, lemon tea, maple aid. They've got a. I saw the ginger one. in there too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's interesting. So yeah, they've got all kinds of interesting goods. But yeah, so uh, all these choices uh, give us opportunities to have whole food sources. We've talked about rice cakes before and all these things that you could take. You can easily take a banana. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that you can have. But if you're stopping, that sort of thing, you've, you've got an opportunity to have whole food. And I think that is one thing that we advocate for. If you have the chance, you know, you're going for a ride, you have a chance to stop, eat some whole food. If you're on the go, you got rocket jets on, you're trying to, you know, put the race on TT style, then you've got to get some rocket fuel for what you're trying to do. Pick the right fuel for, for the job that you're trying to do that day, right? Great. Yeah, actually, last weekend, I did a big, long sportive and I wrote a plan for myself to oh. practice race nutrition because nice. it was it, it was going to like Dunleary is going to be a really long mm-hmm. bike ride, even though it's just 90K. So this was 110. I thought this is perfect. Nice. And I wrote my plan and I'm a big believer. You need to write your plan because you have no idea how much food it takes to get those carbs in. Mm-hmm. And also your bike section is your opportunity. Um you're not ever going to want to eat a huge amount when you hit that marathon or half marathon. So I had my plan and I, I actually have discovered for myself and I see it for a lot of athletes. A lot of people just don't want to eat the sweet stuff. So I did my pizza breads with my banana and my nut butter and I actually was loving eating them and I was sticking on my plan with my precision hydration. Nice. And then we got to the food stop and one of the girls who's um, helping organize the race had a big stall of gluten-free foods and they had these oh. uh, little cakes with pink frosting so I broke <laughs> and I actually I was in a hurry because I knew I had to chase Garen who's really really fast so this little muffin with full of 
pink frosting anyway it went in my feed bag don't ever do that it doesn't yeah. work you're just going to be licking your fingers and getting stuck in a load of yes. frosting for the rest um <laughs> but using i found using the more savory approach my mm -hmm. energy was fantastic my stomach was great no problems with acidity so it's it's quite surprising whereas the science says no that isn't going to work you need yeah. to have the faster eight sugars so we need to explore and play around with different options in training and it makes training fun i think that's where training training races like that, um, not only to train like for your effort, like, um, you know, Mitch was talking about getting close to his, you know, his, his 10 mile um, race goal, but also to train your fueling, if you are going to fuel for that 10 miles, which I think it's long enough to be able to have some sort of fueling in between there. Um, you make sure that you train that and figure out how much you can get in. That's, that's really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's see. Um, Oh, and um, let's see, what else came across this week? Oh, this article, which a lot of uh, people chat about, is uh, the use of SuperTuck. Uh, we've talked about this in real life and people using it next to you, at, like at team camp and how um, dangerous it feels and looks, uh, the Eric Dennings of the world. Um, and But uh, I feel like it's just getting used more and more, um, you know, with the Tour de France this year and in the years past and how people really make up big, huge gaps going really crazy downhills. What are, what are you guys' thoughts of uh, using this? Um, uh, I, I feel like uh, we're more of a conservative group and I don't use it much at all. So I don't know, what do you guys think? I'm gonna ask from the non-cyclist side, what is a super tuck? There you go. <laughs> got it, Mitch? No, you got it. Okay, so, <laughs> it's, so essentially, nor, you know, you're, you're sitting on your seat would be your normal, your normal tuck or you're kind of um, in the drops. You'd put yourself kind of on the lower part of the drops and you'd tuck yourself down. You'd want to get your um, your forearms flat to the ground, so similarly to like the TT position. Um, further down is you'd actually take yourself off the seat and put yourself on the top tube and you'd be able to put almost your chest on the on the on um, on your tops, on your bar tops. So it essentially gets you even lower center of gravity. Um, some riders are able to pedal. I feel like those are ones with really short legs because um, if you get any closer to the bottom bracket, it really kind of holds you up. Um, but really, essentially, it makes you more aerodynamic. You tuck your knees in, um, your hands would be close together on the on the center of the bar and the center of the stem. So essentially, you become one with the bike, um, allowing you to self become more aerodynamic. And that's where riders are uh, are, are are finding the finding the time essentially on these on these positions. And they'll get up. So um, we saw a stage uh, towards the end of the Tour de France this year. He'd get down into the tuck, and the the, yeah. the speed would just whoo, ramp up. He'd wait to the very very last minute on the outside of the turn, break. And, it's, and I think a lot of it is now coming from maybe uh, now that I think about it, is like uh, disc brakes, being able to break right. last minute, boom, turn in, he got up, right. he'd sprint, boom, back into the tuck, and just get all this this speed, you know, and. The bikes are just getting faster and faster. And then yeah. safer, I guess, with these higher speeds, that's where disc brakes really come into play. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point about the disc brakes. And I mean, I've become much more conservative on downhills. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I was ever less conservative, but I have no desire to hit the deck much anymore. It's yeah. just, I mean, every every time you hit the deck, especially as you get older, it just it's mm -hmm. just weeks of, of trying to get back into it. So uh, I'll give up that time and take a casual descent and uh and catch up when i can yeah did you feel anybody taking risk on the downhills from the sportive that you were at um, a week ago week or two ago andrea or people were just kind of going down or is there hills in ireland <laughs> oh we yeah we had some yeah? some quite sharp descents and oh, okay. we had gusting side winds oh yeah and 
loose gravel. So mm-hmm. I wasn't taking any yeah. chances. You'll... But uh, some other people that I know had great fun on the descents. Mm-hmm. But I was just getting whooped all over the place. So I'm going to be where I'm going to get the breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll end up in a bed next to Chris Froome. <laughs> the wind and the... And went and falling off your bike. So, yeah, I think but, that, go ahead. I mean, it's fun watching. I mean, oh, anyone yeah. who watched Stage 19 and yeah. uh, when, Al- when he, he, I mean, it's amazing watching people just make up time on the descent. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have guts. And I mean, this is fun watching the guys make up time on a climb. It's, I mean, it's equally fascinating to, yeah. to watch the tactics. And yeah, at my last Fondo, it was a 30, I want to say, yeah, about a 30 minute descent. And there was plenty, plenty of people that came by pretty quickly. Um, but you've got to really be going because even the group that came by, um, I was watching my video, and even the, even the group that came by kind of, and we didn't see them for a lot of it, we were still able to catch them pretty closely to the bottom. So you've really got to be pushing it. It's not just tucking. Yeah. You've got to get up after, out of every corner. Anytime the speed comes down, you've got to bring it back up. You've got to bring up because the average speed has got to stay high uh, in order for a group behind you to not catch. So, I, so you need to have good skills, practice, mm-hmm. getting in and up and then keeping the momentum going. And are you in less control of your bike when yeah. you're tucked in? Yeah. Anytime okay. you get closer to the stem and you're holding kind of further and really it, it, um, it doesn't allow you a, a solid base to hold. I mean, maybe they're actually, I don't think they're sitting. It doesn't make any sense, but to hover around on top of the tube, it would be really tough too. Cause you're not getting any rest either. So it really depends right. on what you use your downhill for. Some people use it for a downhill. The downhill has some rest to recoup and recover, but they're using obviously in the race situation they're going. So interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so um, yeah, I guess moving forward to uh, our last um, topic today is the announcement of uh, Swift Academy, which was about a month ago. Um, I was part of rolling that out with uh, with that, and uh, we've all had some experience with uh, the workouts and uh, the Facebook groups and all the hype around Swift Academy. Um, and it starts uh, next Monday, I believe, August uh, August 3rd, I believe, 3rd or 4th, something like that. And so um, I'll pull up the link here, but I did want to bring up some couple things, and but maybe just first talk a little bit about our experiences with the last couple years. Um, uh, last year, uh, I believe a lot of us did it, and the, the year before, definitely, kind of their, their title year. What were, you, what were your guys' feelings around in the coming years, or in the last couple years, excuse me? Um, I know, did it. Go ahead, Andrew. I didn't do it last year. It didn't okay. fall in line with, with racing and also I ended up sick. I did it the year before. Um, uh, just as I started in my off after racing and I found it, I found it really good actually. The sessions are hard. Um, mm-hmm. So you learn a couple more levels that you have. Um, I think you need to time well when you're choosing to do it. Uh, you need to probably ease off if you're a triathlete, you're run and swim a little bit, mm-hmm. um, manage your recovery, space it out well. Um, I did follow some friends doing it last year and also the forums and mm-hmm. a lot of the same topics are coming up, like especially with nutrition, which is what I would notice. People doing low carb diets, people yeah. trying to lose weight at the same time. Um, no one's prepared to listen to common sense, I found. Um, so people just burning themselves out and not, yeah. you know, they think the, the quote, fuel for the work. You, these are the sessions that you need to fuel for. And if yeah. you are trying to lose weight, manage your nutrition quite sensibly. So, um, but there's a huge camaraderie and support with the online groups. Um, I, I think it's something that's worth doing for the experience. 
I've got to believe with the numbers they're looking at, they're going to get a lot of folks who have never really mm-hmm. um, done a lot of structured training, right? Yeah. As Zwift has grown and there's a lot more people on the system or on the platform, um, it'll be interesting to see how many of those folks maybe get inspired to to have a more structured approach to their cycling and really kind of take a bite of the apple and, and want to get more involved in the sport. Um I think there's going to be a lot of folks who struggle, mm-hmm. um, but I think they've also dialed back they have. some of the workouts. But uh, there's a plus and a minus there too, because I mean, I think are they really getting a lot out of it? We'll we'll see. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's a tough it's a tough <laughs> thing. I think that Swift is trying to do. I I, I give them some credit for uh, doing it, but I think it's going to be tough for uh, I mean, a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a big cross that many of signed the population. Up. That's well, a, that's what they're expecting. That's what they're expecting. We'll, we'll see. I, I we'll yeah. see. <laughs> Numbers are big. So so yeah. they're they're talking in the in the release. They're talking about this being their fourth year um, of a mass training global and you know talent ID thing. Um, last year there was thirty five thousand men um, total men and women that took a, that took part. That's a big jump from thirty five thousand to a hundred thousand. Um, I think more so looking at I think we were delving in last year about how many completed it, meaning did all the workouts right. and that sort of thing, and that percentage is drastically lower. And um, let me go over to the, the page. And so I guess the biggest thing is that there is a pro contract that is given uh, out. So the academy does provide a way for you know these talented riders to get noticed by these pro teams. Last year's women's winner was um, Elsa Harris. Uh, she's talk- she um, had given some comments about her experience. Um, and so for the men's team, it's the U23 dimension, um, the, mentioned data for Quebec continental team and so um, and and then moving down the semifinalists receive you know some great some great things like a tax neo um, as you kind of get whittled through and um, confirming the dates it's August 5th to September 29th um, and the total workouts are eight workouts uh, and then four rides or races and um, I guess going back in the years last year's it was um, in fact it was dialed back it was a lot more kind of testing powers so for that for the people that were watching to be able to see what people's one minute power five minute power and that sort of thing but the first two years were pretty were pretty rigorous and it was a lot of hard workouts and that was the year that you mm-hmm. did it Andrea and a yeah. lot of, and a lot of people were having trouble balancing it um last year uh for a lot of people who already who came from a structured uh workout regimen it felt very empty and very kind of hodgepodge missed because they were more used to kind of a more whole approach so people were looking for that I think that's one thing where where the endurance lab or a group could help to kind of fill in the holes because what happens mm-hmm. is is people do let's say eight workouts over four you know four to five weeks then they do races and on top of their workouts and you're now looking at you know not just two or three hard workouts where they were just doing two right. or three hard races you're doing four and then people are getting burned out or they're doing all the all the workouts within like the first two or three weeks is which is silly so but that's kind of how you know social media pushes and Kind of everyone does. So um, it's interesting they've yeah. cut them back so much because mm-hmm. if I was talent hunting, like I I know from the experience we had in the second Swift Academy, and I assume it must have been the same for the first. I had to sit down and look at that what was required of me and yeah. plan it out so mm-hmm. that I was able to to manage it. And that's a skill you actually are trying to find in someone. Yeah. So eight is hardly any workouts. Yeah. Um, so they're missing part of their talent hunting and, and maybe, well, maybe because it was hard. I think it should be hard. I don't know. Yeah. 
and, and I think a lot of it too, remember the second component of this is, and, and, bo and looking at the people they've chosen in the past too, um, it also has to do with personality. It has to do with like social media connection. It has to do with their ability to sell themselves kind of later. And we see this, we've talked about this like when, you know, during Kona time and you know, people having personality and that sort of thing. So it's kind of the whole, the whole thing, the whole, the whole sellable project. There are so uh, if you are the gamer in you on Zwift, there are game unlocks. That means things that you can get in the game, uh, things like socks and shoes and you know clothing and a Zwift Academy kit. Uh, so those are pretty interesting. Uh, and all, a lot of the rides are driven or led by uh, uh, re uh, leaders in the community. Um, so if you're opted to get in there, you get a chance to kind of uh, meet some of the community leaders that have built Zwift all these years. So um, yeah, I think I'll probably get a chance to jump on, maybe stream a couple of the workouts, put put our couple cents. I was gonna put a poll out to um, our group at Team ODZ, ODZ to see how many of them are doing it, uh, to see if uh, to see if there's something that we could uh, help out with, make sure people are keeping their heads on straight this year, you know. So cool. Um, let's see what else we've got. That's it. Yeah. So we've got our articles here. Was there anything else before we jump out um, today, folks? We're good. No? So we've got a good, good. yeah, good chat about um, some naturally natural energy um, alternatives. Um, a couple links in the show notes for you to see what was in that article, as well as kind of our ideas. Uh, some conversation about the Super Tuck. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if you use it and if you feel it's a benefit, or you just feel like it's dangerous. <laughs> and then lastly, we talk a little bit about Zwift and, uh, um, Swift Academy that's coming up. Let us know if you're taking part of it. If you're looking for some help, we're more than happy. Uh, to jump in, we have done a, a booster program in the past, um, so we'll be reaching out and check out our um, website for that information. Also, if you have any questions, you can jump in the forum and let us know there. Um, and then lastly thank, you, lastly, thank you for joining us today here in the Coach's Corner. And if you like what you hear, and we would love if you were to share this with your friends, but if you have any questions and are interested in hearing us talk about it, send it over to coaches at endurancelab.fit. Don't forget to also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Endurance Lab and online at endurancelab.fit. We will see everybody next week. See you guys. Later.